0: Welcome to the Fertility Warriors podcast. My name is Robin Birkin and I'm your host. This is the place for all things safe, um, confidential and really real talk when we get down to what it takes to survive infertility and what it takes to get through and ultimately get the happy ending we deserve, which is to fall pregnant. And I am delivering today. If you remember my podcast uh, two months ago, we talked about diet and the fertility diet and the diet that I spruik. But I wanted to bring it all to you guys. We've talked a lot in the Fertility Warriors support and chat group about lots of things diet-related, supplements, different types of diets and things like that. So I wanted to bring it to you today with someone who does this for a living, is qualified, can really help give us some educated information on the topics of diet and fertility and I would like to welcome today Jo from Whole Family Wellness. Jo is a nutritionist and she's going to talk to us a little bit later about exactly what a nutritionist does but she specializes in women, families and particularly mums out there who are trying to give their children Best start, and giving our children the best start. Newsflash happens when they're in the womb. Like that stuff happens when we are trying to fall pregnant, and when we fall pregnant, there is some studies out there that estimate that when children are born, they have something like two hundred chemicals already in their body. Their gut health, which is something that Joe specializes in, is something that we really uh, can impact right from preconception and birth and while children are growing up so this is all the stuff that joe specializes in and she's going to share her wisdom with us today as we debunk some of the myths out there around diet and fertility so welcome joe thanks for having me robin Uh, So let's get into the start of it and let's talk a little bit about what you do. You are a nutritionist. So can you explain to me the difference between a nutritionist and a naturopath?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, Well, we both have similar training and we share a similar philosophy of a whole person, individualised approach to health um, and getting to the root cause of any underlying health issues. Um, I'd say the main difference that as a nutritionist, my focus is on um, food as medicine um, and nutritional medicine. So I use food and supplements to support um, my patients. And I don't use herbal medicine or homeopathy like many naturopaths do, but it's, it's a, we're coming from the same place.
0: Yes, so people whose fertility is a little bit fucked up are yeah. often taking a lot of supplements, and they are often really um, starting to realise that they radically need to change our diet. So I think that a nutritionist is a real uh, profession that people can consider, and something that we, you know, we talk a lot about naturopaths and things like that, but they people don't often realise that nutritionists are very similar and can help them sometimes in more ways uh, i think
1: yeah definitely and there's a lot of people that are not into herbs don't want to take herbal medicine um Mm -hmm. and need that sort of help to it's a um knowing what the right thing to eat is which we'll talk about today but also how to integrate that into their lives Um, and that's something that i um yeah really think is really important so it's not just what to eat but how
0: yes um and so Then that leads me to another question, which can you explain to me the difference then between a dietitian and a nutritionist?
1: Yeah, sure. So, well, in Australia, there's no legal protection over either the terms dietitian or nutritionist, um, which means that anyone can call themselves a dietitian or a nutritionist. Oh, spooky. Whether whether they've done a degree or whether they've done, you know, a six-hour course online, um... So it's really important for anyone looking for um, support in this way to check the person's qualifications and make sure that they've actually come from a, um, a registered education um, body. Um, so both nutritionists and dietitians practice evidence-based medicine. Um, mm-hmm. We hold the same overarching vision: better food, better health, and well-being for everybody. Um, but we come from two substantially different philosophies. Nutritional medicine, as I've mentioned already, draws on a holistic approach. So it's more looking at the whole person, mind, body, um, environment, um, and recognising that disease is complex and it is caused by a combination of factors. Um, whereas a dietitians are more primarily trained to give evidence-based dietary advice to treat conditions, um, translating scientific nutrition information into a tailored diet plan, um you'll see that dietitians mostly work in places like hospitals or or um nursing homes um you'll get a referral from a gp potentially from a dietitian but it's more of a medical model as opposed to a more holistic model which is where i come from um so yeah that would be
0: the best way to explain it i think and i think we should maybe mention at this point that you are degree qualified. (laughs) I am a degree. I have a Bachelor of Health Science in Nutritional Medicine. Yes. Okay, super. Um, So I think what we might do is get right into it and I'm going to ask you some hard-hitting questions or ask you to bust or confirm a few myths out there for us. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I see a lot and particularly in our fertility warriors support and chat group is so many people who swear by the keto diet um and for me i guess to some degree that clashes with the diet that i spooked or that i had and i have been uh, on a keto diet before but are you able to tell us a little bit about exactly what this diet is for those who don't know um, and what is actually happening in our bodies when we go on a keto diet
1: Yeah, sure. So
0: the keto diet involves eating
1: small amounts of carbohydrates, medium amounts of protein um, and making sure that you're getting your daily, the majority of your daily kilojoules from fats. So what's happening in the body is when we starve the body of carbohydrates, ketone bodies or ketones are produced by the liver from fats and then they are used for the brain and the body as fuel. So on a ketogenic diet, ketones replace carbohydrates as the body's main energy source, meaning that it runs on the stored fat that we have.
0: Okay. Um, and I can, I suppose to some degree I can see why then that makes it so popular because there's a lot of women with PCOS uh, who have insulin resistance. Mm-hmm. So I guess to some on the outside, it seems like limiting carbs can be a good thing. Um, And essentially, if it's using our fat sources, then that might help us to lose weight. Um, But what are your thoughts on that as sort of a short-term fix? What are your thoughts on that as a long-term fix or a long-term strategy?
1: Yeah, sure. Okay. So, well, my advice is if you have um, PCOS or you have a significant um, amount of weight to lose maybe um, to help improve your chances of falling pregnant, then a keto diet can be a good sort of a kickstart for those things. Um, There is plenty of studies that show that a ketogenic diet can improve um, your insulin sensitivity. It can improve hormone imbalances. It can even restart ovulation in some people. Um, So there are studies that show that, but for the long term, my concern is that a very low carb diet and and a higher fat diet can actually have an impact on the health and diversity of the gut microbiome, which can then have longer um, term effects on overall health. So long term, I recommend more of a slow-carb, healthy-fat diet. So a slow-carb, healthy-fat diet is low in refined carbohydrates like your sugary foods and really refined pastas and breads and rice, Um, and instead eating whole foods, including your protein, fats and veggies, and getting your carbohydrate sources from whole foods as opposed to the more refined um, foods. So that's more instead of a a low-carb, high-fat, we're thinking slow-carb, healthy fat.
0: And that seems actually a lot more doable (laughs) because it means that you can still uh, eat some pastas and things like that here and there um and so what other tips might you have so people a lot of women um who have excess weight uh, are essentially told by the fertility clinics that they need to go home and lose some weight before they can continue Uh, and there's some reasons for that and one of the reasons all that is because the success rates for things like IVF are decreased significantly. So essentially, I think that, you know, to some women, it would be a, a waste of money. But are there any other tips that you have for women who are trying to conceive and who might have excess weight or insulin resistance or something like that while trying to conceive? Are there any tips that you have to give them a bit of a boost in their fertility and the best chance of essentially, you know, getting their weight under control and falling pregnant?
1: Yeah, um,
0: well, I think really
1: the, main, the, the most important thing to do is look at why. Why is there weight? Why is there excess weight or why is it, is it hard for you to lose weight? Um, because we hang on to weight for different reasons. It could be the gut microbiome because certain gut bacteria have been shown to um, make it harder for us to lose weight. Um, certain gut bacteria crave um, more carbohydrates than others. So there could be an an imbalance of gut bacteria there that's making you crave more carbohydrates, which then increases your blood sugar, reduces your insulin sensitivity. Um, So it's a bit of a cycle. Um, So, and, and also, you know, is there hormonal issues, which again, I can always take back to gut health. If your gut's not functioning well Mm -hmm. and your liver's not functioning well, that can make a mess of your hormones. Um, So there are different, um, it's not as easy um, to just go out and say, Lose weight before you come back, because we know that diets don't work and certainly not for the long term. And they don't teach us how to eat and they don't teach us how to be intuitive about our own bodies. So it's really vital to learn for you what is going on on the inside, what's going on in your gut. Um, how your body's processing different hormones, how your blood sugars are handling different um, levels of carbohydrate. To find that out first, and then you can tailor a diet to suit those specific um, issues, as opposed to just going go and lose weight. Um, I know a lot of women who are told go and lose weight, it'll help you fall pregnant, and they jump on things like shakes and and diet oh. that. Um, can really make a mess of your gut long-term and then like we said at the start getting your gut right before you even fall pregnant goes a long way to securing a healthy gut for your child um, and for their long-term overall health so yeah
0: (laughs) and oh you've mentioned so many things just in that one answer there and i didn't even consider talking about the shakes but the shakes are one of the things that drive me bananas and there's these shakes like isogenics and things like that that if we look at the ingredients it's like a science lab and there's sugars and all sorts of things loaded in there and things that are sugar-like substances that I think Mm. can then have if we're looking at things like PCOS and insulin resistance, insulin resistance is like when you get a blood sugar spike, then things like isogenics and the, all these shakes might not be having the effect that we want and it's so much calorie restriction. You're, so you're in my camp that shakes are not the best solution for anything? I will always recommend a whole food diet over any kind of
1: processed um, you know kind of alternative or substitute however <laughs> as a disclaimer yes. there are times that i will prescribe a um a meal replacement or protein type powder for people in certain conditions so people that have had um things like um gastric banding or gastric yes. bypass surgery who are very um, usually nutrient deficient and struggle to absorb yes. because they've had their stomach changed. Um, yes. So there's cases like that where I might, or someone who is a very strict vegan, we might look at um, a protein powder um, to help um, increase their protein levels. And there are obviously, there are shakes and there are shakes. There are different types yes. of ones. And there's ones that, you know, are, are sort of more um I don't even want to say medical grade, they're not, it's not about medical. It's more, they have a better um, nutrient profile. They're not full of sugars. Yeah. They're not full of fillers that, that your body doesn't know what to do with. So there are times that I will prescribe a um, mm-hmm. meal replacement, but, but not often. And I, and where possible, it would always be food.
0: And yeah, I t- <laughs> funny you should mention that fucking vegans um (laughs) which I'm just saying that because like I've been vegan for a long portion of my life and I have had like I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with protein powders but I totally agree with you that um you know you can get ones that have a hundred different ingredients and you can get ones that are like a singular ingredient or a small number of ingredients that are derived from more whole food sources but um Total, I completely agree that we should try wherever possible to have whole foods. Um, and I'm going to just digress on that for a minute and just delve a bit further into gut health if that's okay. And you're mentioning a lot about gut health. And I think let's just take a minute to really stress the importance um, of our gut. And it's such a new science. As well, and it's kind of like probiotics is a key phrase, and things like that. And I don't think it's just about like take a probiotic and drink a kombucha, and you'll be fine. Um, Can you just give me like, I'm sure we could talk for 10 podcasts. (laughs) My favorite, favorite, (laughs) but can you just explain to us like a little bit about the importance of like our gut and what's going on there? Okay, sure. So,
1: Everything that we eat is essentially processed by our gut. So when I'm talking about the gut, I'm talking about everything from the mouth to the anus your stomach, your small intestine, large intestine, your organs that help with um, digestion. So your liver, your pancreas, your gallbladder, these are all part of the gut. Um, I think when lots at the moment with with all the information there is around gut health, everyone focuses on the microbiome and obviously that's super important. Um, And, you know, I, I can talk for days about the microbiome, but I think some of the other things that we forget, and this is something that I actually never thought of I, I just never connected, it never connected for me until I studied nutrition, how, um, the foods that we eat get broken down in our stomach or in our body into their smallest parts and absorbed into our body. So the foods that we eat essentially become part of us. So we mm-hmm. literally are what we eat, um, and it wasn't until I, cause I'd only ever thought for, like for me personally, cause I had weight issues, um, for my whole life. I never thought about food as part of me. I thought of what can I eat to lose weight or what can I, how can I get around, you know, eating a whole bunch of Easter eggs and not eating actual proper food today. That's just <laughs> the, when I, when yeah. I actually learned about how the digestive system works and how every single thing that we eat gets broken down. Like protein gets broken down into individual amino acids that then rebuild what we are muscles Mm -hmm. um our brain our skin everything is made from these things um and then if we're if we're eating fruit whole fruits and vegetables we're getting all these vitamins and minerals and those are then used as what what are called cofactors. so without having those in the body other processes can't work we can't build hormones we can't build muscle we can't have healthy neurotransmitters to make us feel happy um so it is just so so important that the gut is functioning well so that we can actually break down our food into its smallest parts and then absorb that into our body for it to go where it needs to go um so if we're not eating the right things those things don't happen
0: okay and so if we talk about foods and what we're eating Mm -hmm. um You know, I do a lot of work with other fertility coaches. I read so much information out there on fertility sources. um, And I can kind of see how people who are trying to conceive get so bloody confused by all the information out there because there's so many people, including me, who kind of sprout this optimal diet for fertility. But everybody's diets are so different. Um, So is there such a thing as you know, there's, here's the fertility diet that is going to help you fall pregnant.
1: Okay. So this is no different to any other realm on the internet. Everyone has an opinion. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody who's had something that's worked for them wants to share it with the world. And that's human nature. When something works for us, for me, it was quitting sugar. Cause that was the first thing I did. Cause I had an issue with sugar and I, wanted, I just was like, everyone needs to do that. But, you know, as mm-hmm. you might have come across, not everyone wants to hear that information. No.
0: Um,
1: and it's also not the right thing for every single person. So we all have different genes. We're all made up differently. We all react to stress in different ways. We all have different lifestyle or environmental factors um, that affect us. So there is no one diet that suits everybody, no matter what stage you're at, whether it's trying to fall pregnant, whether it's, being a busy mum, whether it's being a teenager whether it's being um, you know old age there's not one diet that fits everybody um, in saying that though overall like we've sort of discussed i would recommend that everybody reduces the amount of refined carbohydrates that they eat and packaged foods mm-hmm. that they're eating because obviously mm-hmm. they are having a massive impact not just on our Um, blood sugar levels, but also on our microbiome. um, They can give those um, imbalances in the gut bacteria that we have. They're also likely to be full of additives. Um, And if you think about food as information, so when we're eating whole foods, it breaks down into little bits of information. The body knows how to talk to that information and sends it to where it goes. When we're eating a whole bunch of processed foods that has lots of chemicals, man-made things, fully refined things that are no longer really... um, they don't look like they do in a whole food anymore. The body doesn't necessarily understand what to do with those things. So it's sending corrupted information into the body. So reducing the amount of refined carbohydrates and processed food that we eat and increasing our whole fresh foods um, is really, really important. So that's what I would say overall to everybody. And then it's important to look at each individual um, and what's going on for them. So correcting any nutrient deficiencies prior to conceiving, so that the body's in optimal health, and this goes for both partners, um, would be sort of a first first starting point. And that's going to be different for everybody.
0: Yep. And are there any other foods that we would say like ninety five percent of people should avoid or take, or is it, is it really beyond that circuit like individual?
1: Um, Okay, well, there's a few things that I would say um, and and even not necessarily the food itself, but our reliance maybe on certain foods. Mm -hmm. So sugar, caffeine and alcohol. Um, Our lives are busy. Our lives are stressful. Um, We often need pick me ups. We look for sugar, caffeine and alcohol to bring ourselves up or calm us down. Um, And so when we do this, it always have a a huge impact on the body. Sugar, like I've said, increases our blood glucose levels, um, increases the risk of gestational diabetes and can lead to an imbalance in gut microbiome. Caffeine's been linked to an increased time to conception and also depletes the body of nutrients like B vitamins that are essential cofactors, like I mentioned before, the things that we need to, to keep the processes in the body working well. Um, alcohol, there are mixed studies on this. However, with as with caffeine, alcohol depletes the body of essential nutrients and it also has a massive impact on the health of your gut. So the, how your gut actually functions and also the gut microbiome. So I would look at your reliance on these foods. If these are things that you're really struggling to give up, then you need to look at why. Is it that your guts, your gut bacteria are actually craving these foods? Um, is it that you are exhausted? Um, is it that your your diet is um, sort of deplete of um, nutrients? Maybe it's too high in packaged foods so that you're coming to rely on these to pick you up instead of the whole food sort of getting you through the day. So there are three that um, I would definitely look for. Actually, there's probably one more. Trans fats is the other one that I would um definitely recommend cutting out and if you're eating a whole food diet you're avoiding trans fats anyway um Mm -hmm. but they're things like um used in packaged like pastries and cakes and things well Mm -hmm. they're actually a whole bunch of things but yeah eating a whole food diet will avoid much of those things
0: okay um and let's start asking another question which this is probably one question that i get asked All the time, like seriously, all the time. And I sometimes see women in our fertility group taking pictures of their kitchen counter. And let's talk about supplements. There are people who ask me, "Okay, what supplement should I take?" And then there's people who uh, will show pictures of about twenty self-diagnosed supplements that they're taking every day for their fertility. And I, do you know what? I genuinely don't know about supplements, I am a firm believer that if you want to take supplements, they should be prescribed by someone like a nutritionist or a naturopath. Um, But can you just let us know, are there any supplements out there that you can, you think are okay for anyone to take?
1: Okay. So from a nutritional medicine point of view, I would agree that we should be getting as much of our nutrition from whole foods. Mm -hmm. Um, as possible supplements are generally uh, you know they're man-made or taken from a whole food and manufactured into something completely different so we don't really know if the body understands what to do with these um, effectively Mm -hmm. but in saying that um, correcting nutritional deficiencies is really important um, as is gut health and addressing things like inflammation in the body and supplements can definitely help um, to address those things. I wouldn't general, well, I would never just go and prescribe any supplement to anyone without looking at their health history. So knowing whether a supplement is actually going to be a contraindication for a health condition that they have, um, Mm -hmm. or the way that their body processes things or their genetic makeup, because we know that different genes, um, can affect how our body actually processes certain uh, nutrients or supplements that we take. Um, So I definitely wouldn't have an overall, you should take these three supplements or anything like that without um, a really specific uh, in-depth health consultation, which Mm -hmm. is what I do. Um, And the reason for that is you can, uh, and I've done this. So some of the testing that I run is nutrient levels. So we will do blood tests or hair mineral analysis and look at where people's nutrient levels are. And we could have a person that's been told they need to take magnesium Yet when we do these tests, their magnesium levels come back really high. So taking too much of that is not necessarily a good thing. Or if we're taking it, maybe the body's not using it how it should. So why is it not using it how it should? Same as women mm-hmm. who have been on an iron supplement for two or three years trying to bring their iron levels up, but their iron levels are just not coming up. Why is that? Um, so just supplementing without really knowing how your body's processing it and what the body actually needs um, can be quite difficult Dangerous, and it can actually be detrimental in some, um, in some people. So I would always recommend either testing first or doing a full health consultation to find out what other symptoms are going on in the body that could indicate there are specific deficiencies or issues with inflammation or gut health and then prescribe um, particular s- supplements and dosing them at therapeutic levels to correct those things.
0: So we need to stop the addiction with iHerb and stop the obsession with just ordering every supplement that we hear about on the internet. <laughs> absolutely. And look, I have absolutely been there
1: as well. And it wasn't until I really, um, you know, did a degree. And that's not everyone's thing. So you have to go out and do it free to to learn this but definitely get some advice from somebody who knows what they're doing and is allowed to prescribe certain medications a lot of the stuff that we buy off the counter um, or a retail kind of health food shop or online can can be really small doses or you can think your self-dosing is based on something you've read on the internet, which could be really detrimental. So they either could not be helping you at all, um, therefore you're wasting money and putting a lot of pressure on your liver because your liver is your detoxification, one of our detoxification organs, which actually prioritises things like drugs and alcohol, supplements included in the drugs, to get rid of that instead of working on the things that it needs to detoxify the body from. So say we've got an excess um, estrogen, say we're estrogen dominant, your liver will take care of the supplements first that you're taking to make sure that they're safely rid out of our body before it looks at the estrogen so you could be taking a whole bunch of supplements putting a lot of pressure on your liver and then your body's not able to clear out excess estrogen so
0: it's actually not doing you any favors and we're just wasting money on supplements that we might not even need in the first place That's right. And supplements are
1: supplements. They are supplemental to a healthy diet. They don't replace the diet. So you can't eat crappy food and then take supplements and think that that's going to correct it because it's not how it works. And I know that we all want an easy fix. I know that we all want a pill to help us sleep, help us lose weight, help us fall pregnant. It just, we don't work like that. We're much more complex.
0: Yeah. And it's not, it's not that hard. Like we just need to be listening to our bodies and actually finding out what uh, is possibly wrong. And I'm a big advocate of building a team around us. I think that fertility specialists are great. Fertility specialists have their place um, and they have their role to play. Um, Acupuncturists are great and they have their role to play Mm -hmm. um, in, you know, doing things like helping us build blood flow to our uterus. But I think that there is definitely this place for, you know, finding out how we navigate these dietary changes. And, you know, I think there's, you will know more than me, but there's studies out there that show that PCOS, for example, one of the number one ways to change uh, our PCOS or to have an improved outcome is through diet. So we just have to find out through professional advice exactly, you know, if we have an issue with fertility, It could mean a difference between having one cycle of IVF or three cycles of IVF. So, you know, or the difference between spending thousands of dollars on supplements um, or, you know, really saving that money if we just work out how to do it right instead of looking for a magic bullet all the time.
1: And I'll just add, you know, being that gut health is my um, thing, that if we're taking supplements um and hoping that that's going to correct any nutrient deficiencies but we're not eating um, a diet that supports a healthy gut microbiome you actually pass on your gut microbiome to your baby so our babies are not born sterile like we used to think our babies are born with bacteria in their gut already that is inherited by their mother so if you um Uh, eating a diet and really refined diet or lots of processed food and you're supplementing to try and make up those nutrient deficiencies then you're actually um, reducing the benefits in terms of diversity of of microbiome or diversity of bacteria for yourself which has an impact on your child and their long-term health so i know that diet changes can be really hard and i know that it can be challenging to go from a, a sort of a western style or sad diet to one that has maybe less meat, less processed food, more vegetables. It's, it can be hard. It can be a challenge. But if you think about what you really want, which is a healthy baby, and that's what you're all trying to achieve, then think about it from before you even start this process. You know, you're setting your baby up for good health by having a good healthy gut microbiome, by having really good um, nutrient levels before you even fall pregnant so that you've got the source, you've got the, uh, the, the building blocks to build a healthy baby.
0: Mm, that, oh, that you're getting me a little bit excited. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and look, I, it wouldn't be right of me to end this podcast interview without asking me for a little bit more details about yourself, because whenever I have a guest expert on the podcast, I always get all of these people message me and ask for their details um, of how we can speak to them. So you're based. So Joe, your site is Whole Family Wellness, um, yes. and that's how people can find you. And you um, are regularly on Facebook and things like that, chatting to people. You also have a Facebook group uh, as well, which people can find through your Facebook page. Um, you're based in Perth, but you do Skype consults as well, don't you? That's right, yeah. Okay, and what do you, how do you usually work with people? Okay. So
1: I encourage everyone to book in for a free 20 minute phone consultation first, and then we can have a chat about your specific issues that you're facing. And then I walk you through what my approach to that would be. And um, that's, a, and it's kind of a way of getting to know me and what I'm about and how I work. Um, so you can see if I'm a right fit for you before you book in for a full consultation and have to pay any money. Um, because, you know, it's, it's like an interview process. And like you said about having a team of people to support you, I think it's really important to have the right people on your team. So you've got to find out if I'm the right fit for you first. So we have a chat. Tell me what's going on. I can give you a bit of advice um, around how I approach that sort of issue. Um, and from there, um, it would be an initial consultation. So that's where... I take, I send you out a really comprehensive form before I even speak to you or see you um, and get you to answer a whole bunch of questions about your medical history and family history. And then your actual consultation is about um, an hour and we talk about all the different body systems, what's going on, all the symptoms, um, and we go right back to potentially your um, your birth history with your own mother and what her gut health was like and all those sorts of things. Yep. Um, So it's pretty intense. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's a lot of questions, but nothing I'm sure none of you have have not experienced already in this process. Um, And then I send out a treatment plan based on that. So it's a really individualized program. I can order testing as well. So if there's blood tests or stool tests or, um, you know, testing what's going on in the gut microbiome, I can do those as well. Um, But then putting together an individualized plan for what is right for
0: you. And you help people um, essentially like implement those plans as well. Absolutely. I think that's one of the things that I really missed before
1: I studied, you know, seeing practitioners before I became one was you'd get a big long list of things here. Go and donate these things, eat these things, take these supplements but I had kids and a family and a work and a life, and how do I actually do this? And thing? we were visiting the acupuncture. For us, we're visiting the acupuncturist three times a week, and we're <laughs> <Likely>. <laughs> How do you get home from a full time job? Go to the acupuncturist, be upset about whatever's going on, in your life. and then yes, you have a nice healthy dinner. So um, yes, I have. Um, I always work on the the how you actually put those things into your life. So I, w- I won't tell you to go and do something that. Um, is completely against your, how, yep. how you work or how your family works. So it's really, it's really tailored to you with lots and lots of resources to help you to make those changes.
0: Super. So is there anywhere else uh, that you would like people to go and check you out?
1: Uh, for now, I would say my website, there is another Whole Family Wellness in the US, which is confusing because um, she's a paediatrician. So there's a bit of overlap. So, so we want the Aussie one. Yeah. Wholefamilywellness.com.au. And you'll, if you have a look on there, it will show you exactly who I work with and um, what issues I can help with. Um, and, that, and then you can find my Facebook page and my Facebook group from there
0: as well um, and contact me through there. So that's the best place to find me so wholefamilywellness.com.au with joe if someone is interested in a free 20 minute consultation to just you know get a bit of more info from you yeah. uh, then they can go there and they can book from there as well
1: yes absolutely
0: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today and helping us dispel some of the myths around fertility and diet. Um, I'm sure everyone really appreciates that you've given us lots of things to think about um, and certainly a few uh, ways that we can look at to improve our fertility and our overall health.
1: You're welcome.
0: Thanks for having me. Thank you so much.